Yeah. Well, do you want to get, should we get cracking? Let's do it, my friend. It's going to be a fun one, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not in a good frame of mind for predictions, Paul. <laughs> right, you're getting your excuses in early, that's good. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, oh, come on. I've learned from Mourinho, mate. <laughs> Listener, once again, to another edition of Footy from the Foot, the podcast coming ever closer uh, to the home of football in San Diego, the Bluefoot Neighbourhood Bar and Lounge in the heart of San Diego's glittering North Park. I'm your co-host, Paul Hutchinson, and I'm joined, as is customary right now, by the miracle of the internet, by the director of football at Bluefoot, Rodney Styles. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well, Paul, and quivering like um, a quivering thing, because we uh, might be opening today at four o'clock. Yeah, so, yeah, exciting times. The, the Phoenix is emerging from the flames. Quite nervous this morning, so if I'm a bit jittery on the old pod, I do apologise. I feel like I'm 10 and I'm just joining the new school, you know what I mean, as a new boy. Are you going to get Nicole to take a photo of you just as you leave, like with your new uniform on and everything? Yeah, you'd love that, wouldn't you? You'd love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll run through what we're going to be doing this week. We'll we'll review uh, some of the football that happened, the Nations League this week. We'll have a look back at the all or nothing as well. Uh, Next three episodes of that drops. On Monday, grab a couple of questions from the randomizer. We'll look ahead to the brand new Premier League season. We'll uh, do some predictions as we did last time, uh, any other business, and then we'll get out of your way. As always, we want you to get involved. Footy from the foot at gmail.com and at footy from foot on all our social media. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, and Google Play. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And thanks to those people who have done so already. Our website is footyfromthefoot.com. Well, let's get this Nations League stuff out of the way. I don't think I'm going to spend too long on it because it was a oh. bit of a damp squib, certainly regarding England. Poor, Pete. Poor, very poor. England scored one goal in two games and, I mean, two clean sheets. But I also think that had Southgate been given the option to have two defeats and no injuries, I think he would have absolutely 100% have taken that. I think a lot of his selections were not to particularly engage <laughs> The last thing that he needs as an England manager is he wants his relationship with the Premier League managers to be pretty, pretty solid. Certainly this year where there's too much football being played in a short space of time, that for him to not hand over uh, players that are injured, I think was the most important thing for him. He needs everybody on board, Paul, doesn't he? I mean, there's going to be so many games. I think they just put in another friendly game now in October as well, maybe before the next two games which is ridiculous. Kind of summed up the two games, the penalties. <laughs> it kind of did, really, yeah. I mean, they deserved nothing out of it at Iceland. All the action happened in the last four minutes of injury time in the second half, didn't it, where England were awarded a penalty, uh, which was scored, and then they went right up the other end. Gomez gave away a, a pretty soft pen for Iceland, who they proceeded to smash it over the bar. Iceland deserved nothing, got nothing. I am fed up with all of this kind of Iceland. It's a lovely story. They play awful football. They're a small nation, Paul. Give them time. Well, that's good, good for them, but they are a horrid watch. I can see why they do it. I do not want to watch it. It is awful. I will say, though, Paul, if Kane, Kane's goal, which should have stood at the beginning, if yeah. that had gone in, totally different game. It was given for offside. But there was absolutely no consultation with between the um, the ref and the, the liner there, was there? No one said, did anybody touch that on the way over to Harry Kane? Uh, there was none of that, was it? It was no. like, okay, let's crack on with the game. Yeah. 
Oh. I think well, it feels like they're using Kane almost like Niall Quinn for mm-hmm. the Republic of Ireland, aren't they? Really? Yeah. But um, I feel sorry for the guy. And he had a he had a well, it was a great little effort at the end of the game against um, Denmark when um, the ball got cleared off the line. People saying he doesn't look fit and everything, but I I just think he's doing too much on the pitch and he's been asked to do too much actually. Grealish looked good when he came on, but like I said, I I, I just don't think anybody wanted these fixtures. Um, no. Least of all Southgate, I think. Just shout out Ronaldo, he scored his 100th goal for Portugal. He did, which yeah. Which is an incredible feat, <laughs> you have to say. And his, uh, his 100th goal is a cracking free kick too as well. Yeah, triple figures for your country is insane. First European to, to get to triple figures, I think, in uh, international football. Yeah, absolutely astonishing. Astonishing, yeah, totally astonishing. Especially nowadays as well, when the teams are so much better everywhere. Everybody's up a level, aren't they, from what they were, say, 10, 15 years ago. So to have done this now... Bolton's... Uh, Season has got off to an absolute raging start. We've lost twice before we've even had our first league game, so that was good. Lost to Bradford City in the League Cup and Crew Alexandra in the EFL Trophy. But concentrating on the FA Cup ball. So our first game is first game in the league is happening on Saturday. Sholos okay. um, they had two games this week as well. They beat Monterey and they lost away at uh, Mazatlan uh, in thirteenth. The loyal got a um, a good win. Uh, yesterday, in fact, we're taking this on Thursday. Three uh, 0 away from home to Los Dos, Galaxy's second team. Uh, that's I think the first time they've scored three goals, so that's nice to see. Uh, and they needed that really because uh, had a bit of a slide just of late. Should we talk a little bit about uh, all or nothing then? Yeah, I mean, are you enjoy? I'm really enjoying it actually. I thought I was going to just sit here behind the sofa, a bit like Doctor Who style. Uh, the the way that they edit the program <laughs> makes Jose look like Nostradamus. By the way, every time he predicts something um, in the in a team talk or something like that, it happens to come like go out, out on the field. I think I, I, I like the idea of them when they were playing City. He mentioned the players that had yellow cards, and sure enough, Zinchenko, whatever his name is, City got sent off for the second yellow. Yeah, the editing of it seems to be yeah. very favourable to Jose. He's, uh, he's clever like that, though, isn't he? He knows what to do. He knows where to attack teams and their little weak yeah. spot. I thought the Danny Rose thing was um, essential viewing. I mean, <laughs> they both came off really well until the last sort of 10 seconds when... Danny Rose kind of threw his little teddies out of the car and said, I'm off to see Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which I thought was really... He opened up the conversation by saying, what's the problem? Not, I have a problem. And so, you know, that can put people on the defensive. And I thought that Jose actually kind of dealt with it pretty well. But there's also the fact that maybe Jose should have been a little bit more kind of open about what the fact why he'd been dropped. Because if he was coming at this t- point and the player not really knowing why, he you did know. tell him. He did tell him. He said he played. He trained well before Liverpool. He played against Liverpool, but wasn't very good. He's the rotten egg in that dressing room, Paul. If he was good enough to play, Kane, Lloris, the senior members of that team would be speaking to Jose and the coaching staff to get him yeah. in the team. You heard him in the, in the show as well. He said, what clubs are in for me? And they went Bournemouth, Newcastle. And he, he actually went Milan. No, no, Milan. You're not good enough for Milan. Newcastle couldn't wait to get rid of him. There's plain talking, which, you know, I'm always suspicious yeah. of people who uh, claim that as a character trait. You either hate me or you love me, all this kind of... And I thought, yeah, it did come across as being... Well, I'm going to move on from that to talk about Tanganga, who had a big role in one of the episodes when he broke into the team. 
yeah. against Liverpool and actually got a man of the match in the FA Cup replay. And the way he spoke as a 20-year-old and so excited about everything, and, and you couldn't get all chalk and cheese with the two characters, you know what I mean? And I think he's going to be an exceptional player for us. It was very sweet, wasn't it? What, how yeah. uh, all that came across. It was interesting as well, Jose's reaction to the Son injury, which seemed super innocuous and then all of a sudden needed right. surgery. I don't know, that, that, he kind of went through the, the stages of grief there, didn't he, uh, Jose? <laughs> Wasn't happy about this thing being discovered in the first place, really, wasn't he? So right. he's got history, hasn't he, with medical staff, especially at Chelsea. So yeah. <laughs> he likes them to tell him he can't have his players. I also liked when he got told that Kane was out for twelve weeks. He looked at his coach and went, "With in a little bit of trouble." <laughs> I'll get more honest than that. <laughs> and you know, Nostradamus again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally enjoyed it. Uh, last three episodes, I think, drop this this Sunday, Sunday night. So. We'll take a quick break there and then we'll come back and we'll fire up the randomizer. Okay, yeah, let's see what gets thrown up by the randomizer. Question one The best Cinderella stroke underdog story stroke run? For me, it's either Wimbledon or Wigan, FA Cup wins. Yeah, I just I love the way that Wigan got relegated, but they beat Manchester City with the. Um, I suppose more for the goal scorer as well, because he'd been out most of the season with a broken leg. His name... Ben uh, Watson. Great little Cinderella story for that club. Wimbledon's probably a little bit more crazy. Crazy gang, but um, yeah. they beat Liverpool, I think, what was the year? 1989? 89? Rings a bell? 88? Yeah. Dave Besson saved the penalty, Laurie Sanchez with the header, and they won the FA Cup from... Yeah, incredible win. Nobody expected that one, so I love them two stories. Yeah, well, Wimbledon had come up through like from amateur leagues, oh. and like in 10, 12 years, we're in the Premier League and competing, and this was kind of like the the nadir of, of all of that. Um, yeah. And they got their FA Cup win with the likes of uh, Vinnie Jones and Dave Bessant. Dennis Wise. Alan Cork. <laughs> couple of ones. Um, recently, the League Cup has thrown up a few... Um, interesting sort of runs, aren't they? Like the Bradford City, who yeah. were in, the, I think, League One at the time, they got to the final, didn't they? I can't remember who they played. Was it Swansea or something, maybe? Was uh, it a five-win five for Swansea, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, they got to the final of the League Cup. Burton Albion, a couple of years ago, got to the semis, didn't they? Got an absolute tatering off um, Manchester City, but that was an incredible run. Honestly, like Tottenham's run in the Champions League... Like that, I mean, that was just a ridiculous kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the games that they played in that was just astonishing, wasn't it, really? It was, it was mostly uh, very entertaining, we'll say. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It was kind of a Cinderella story, totally. I think Leicester win in the Premier League as well. Absolutely ultimate. 5,000 to 1. <laughs> yeah, famously. I'm going to uh, throw a real curveball in there. I think Greece win in the Euros in 2004. Yeah. <laughs> Probably in Portugal. Talking of like, yeah. Grinding out results. I think that did they win every game 1 0, I think, or something. 1 0 with a header from a corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again in the Euros, which tends to sort of throw up unusual champions, Denmark, who in that was 92, I think, wasn't it? And they weren't even in the tournament, were they? they I they, think Yugoslavia got kicked out, didn't they, because of the war? That's right, yeah. They were all on the beach and then ended up winning the thing. It's, uh, I know, unbelievable. Other kind of World Cup ones. Cameroon getting to the, the quarters um, in oh, 90. Well, you've got Cameroon in Argentina. That, that was a great like opening game in the 1990 yeah. World Cup. And yeah, uh, also Ghana getting almost getting into the semis. 
with our mate Suarez with his diving stop. Looks like he's staying at Barcelona now as well. He was training with them yesterday. Because Juventus already have their quota of non-EU players, apparently he would have to become an Italian citizen in order to play in Juventus. exactly right. He, apparently he was learning Italian so he could pass the test to become a citizen. Would he then be allowed to play for Uruguay still if he was... No longer a citizen? That's, yeah, that's a great question. I have no idea. That's yeah. a really good question. Any oh, lawyers out there, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, it just seems a lot of effort to play for Juventus, doesn't it? Anyway, Depay, Memphis Depay was also mentioned um, being, going to uh, Barcelona, I think, as well. Okay. Um, yeah, that's like, that's... Should we try one more question? I think we should. Question six, which is... If you were a manager, whose style of football would you most like to replicate? Who do you think you'd be the most aligned with? And I'm actually going to go down to when Pochettino first came to Spurs and revolutionised the way we played, the high-press game we were playing, which just completely knackered teams out. I really like that style, but you have to have a very young and fit squad to be able to do that. That's the problem. And Spurs never re-energised that squad to continue that way forward. I think Bielsa does it at Leeds as well. Like staggering to the end of the season, don't they, Leeds? Like every time yeah. they managed to get over the line last year, but the year before they dropped off a cliff, didn't they, with about six, seven games to go. And, and that happened to Tottenham as well a lot of the time with the last sort of, um, from like February, March onwards. You'd, you'd start picking up the injuries and then, yeah, you actually run out of steam. So I, I don't know if I'd literally go down that line. I like that way, but you do have to be really fit to do it. Yeah. I'm gonna, it's going to pain to say me now, but Arsene Wenger, when he first came to Arsenal, that, that football was just beautiful. No, it wasn't. It was horrible. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a mix, wasn't it? It was a mix of like, like incredible skill, but really like tough. Aggression. Well. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they were, weren't trying to get a red card, were they? Do you know what I mean? They were a big side. Like I remember like, as a season ticket holder at the Reebok, when they came out, they were like, everyone seemed like a foot taller than everybody else on the field. It just, yeah. they, they were just a huge side, weren't they, with Vieira and like really big lads. So, but obviously with a very, very sort of skillful element to it as well, you know. So, yeah, to oh, yeah totally. Yeah. So, you? Terry Venables, England 96 era. Good shout. Uh, because again, there was that idea of sort of strong players in midfield, but allowing the really skillful players to just get on with it. Paul Ince in the centre of midfield, but you had that, that allowed the likes of Gascoigne and McManaman and Anderton to crack yeah. on with what they were good at doing. And then you had proper partnership up front as well with Cheer and Sheringham um, and, and just solid defenders like. Good attacking full-backs, but solid defenders that, that yeah. weren't particularly asked to do a great deal more than that. that. And it was a real shame when, for whatever reason, he was asked to not continue um, as England manager. But I think we'd have done really well oh, going yeah. forward with, with Terry Venables. I, I, he's, a, he's a tremendous manager. He really is. I've yeah. always got a big place to my heart for Venables. I like his character as well. He always seems chirpy and chappy and happy. Do you know what I mean? Almost yeah. a little bit like red naps sort of way. Do you know what I mean? The best out there players, don't they? He was always a really good listen as a pundit as well. You know, on BBC, they would have him on Match of the Day and what have you. He was, knew his stuff, didn't he? Really did know his stuff. And going back to people you like to have a beer with, I think Terry Venables would be one of them, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine the stories are hilarious. <laughs> I can imagine, like, in fact, you would meet him in scene in uh, Only Fools and Horses. Del Boy goes through the bar. You yeah. would meet him in a similar place to that. That's where you would meet Terry Venables. 100%. Like, in a suit. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> vodka martinis all around, and yeah. 100%, mate, 100%. <laughs> Love it. We'll leave it there, and we'll make our predictions for the upcoming season. Okay, the new season is upon us, can you believe? <laughs> it's like it's never been away, because it really hasn't all that much. We'll do uh, the similar kind of thing as last, last year. We'll predict who's, who's going to be up at the top, who we think is going to get relegated in some other categories as well. Should we start then with who you think is going to be in the top six? Top six, great. This is a hard one this year, Paul. It is, isn't it? Really hard, mate. And I, I think every half an hour it changes for me. I yep. think Man City are going to come out really strong this year. Slightly surprised that he stayed, Guardiola. They haven't got Kubali yet, but I think he's going to be coming in. And if they get him, I can see them just about winning the league this season. I think if Solskjaer can man up a little bit with the squad he's got now, I think they, they have to be in the top four. Chelsea, for sure, have to be in the top four with the money they've spent this preseason. Yeah. And I think Lampard is under amazing pressure now. But like, he looks like he's handling it. We'll see, obviously, as time shows. For me, it's a toss-up between Arsenal and Liverpool. Okay, really? Maybe the, the Arsenal word. I think Arteta is going to have an incredible team spirit there. They just signed Aubameyang on a new contract. He's going to be the highest-paid player at the club. I think that was announced today. Massive coup for them. I think the wages are immaterial because it would have cost them a lot of money to get in a replacement at his standard. Yeah. I think they've, they've got a couple of centre-halves in. I don't really know who they are, but if they can gel a little bit. The midfield area, to me, is still a wobbly. So I will put Arsenal at five. I'm going to put Liverpool in the top four, saying that. There you go. Oh, OK. Because you were saying yeah. that you didn't think that Liverpool were going to make the top four. I know, and I've changed my prediction a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> OK. I, I, I'm looking at it, and I think Liverpool probably just have a little bit. I think Klopp's come out as well this week with a couple of things about the spending that's going on. So there might be a little bit of siege mentality going on at Liverpool. So OK. They get a lot of they get a lot of critics saying they, they need I I do believe they haven't strengthened at all and I think it's a little bit dumb as a Tottenham fan I know how that can hurt him happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they'll be top four, but I think Wolves will get top six with Arsenal. So you don't have Spurs anywhere? Not at the moment, mate. Because I think we have far too many games in September, and I think we're going to fall apart a little bit. Ooh, all right. And we haven't bought another striker in again, Paul. Yeah. At backup, we have wonderful attacking players, but they're not strikers. We have one striker at the club. Yeah. Who is injury prone? Let's get it right. And everything's put on him all the time. But we've got something like six games in 18 days when the season opens. Yeah, and most of them are away. You don't even have the option to rest him. I'm going to go with Manchester City winning the thing. I'm going to go with Chelsea second, Liverpool third, Man United fourth. I've got Spurs fifth and Wolves sixth. So I love you. I love you. <laughs> I've, I've just, I, I'm, I'm kind of weary of, uh, weary or wary, both work actually, of Arsenal and whether they can sustain a season. I, I don't particularly see it. I think with, I'm like with you, their midfield mm -hmm. it looks a bit wobbly to me. I don't know anything about the defence particularly. They might surprise me. I don't know. I've just not seen, seen it enough for a sustained period with Arsenal. So that's my top six. With Mourinho, he kind of just grinds out a result. And this is the season. Uh, if you're going to do it with Mourinho, it's got to be this season because it start, the wheels start coming off with him, don't they, um, after this yeah. one? Yeah. It's funny because if you ask me in an hour's time, my prediction, I would probably put Spurs chasing the top four because right. I would rethink it a little bit again. But this is what I'm doing. Every half an hour, I'm jumping. I think we're capable of getting top four with him. Maybe Champions League, the best route is the Europa League. But that's going to be such an ask for them this season. Good. We could get a surprise... 
What I think Tottenham might be the surprise package if they pull it all together. Okay. There you go. I've right. got Everton down as the surprise package because, again, they've bought some like really good players, haven't they? I think it's just a matter of whether they're going to gel quickly enough because that seems to be Everton's MO at the minute is that they buy all these players and then they don't actually perform. A former golden boot winner and yeah, that's that Hammers signing is uh, it's pretty exciting, I've got to say. Yeah, I think Everton would be my second choice to surprise me after Tottenham, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's a really good shout-out. The bottom three, who do you think are getting relegated? West Brom, yeah. Burnley Ooh. and Fulham. I have Brighton ahead of Burnley uh, as my prediction. I don't see West Brom doing anything, I've got to say. Fulham feel a bit lightweight, really, to me. Top goal scorer? I'm going to go Aguero. Aguero? I'm going to have a great season. <laughs> so... Huh. There you go. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm, yeah. I'm going to I think he's just he's that good. If he can be almost top goal scorer in um, a side that's really struggling and still be banging him in, I think that that says a lot about him. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with the Bamiang breakthrough player Watkins. Ooh, I, I'm really upset Spurs didn't get because he's young. He can play on the wing. He's and I'm devastated we didn't get him. So I'm going to say he's going to be my breakout player this year. Okay. There you go. That's yeah, it's an interesting one. That one I've, I don't really, I've not really seen very much of him, but everyone is kind of raving about him, aren't they? Really? Well, my player is going to be Reese James, uh, the right back at Chelsea, who mm-hmm. I think cemented his place last year in Chelsea's side, and I think that he's the, the way that Chelsea are going to play. I think he's going to be a, a really like big, big player for them. Very, very skillful on the right hand side there. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with him. Yeah. I think Tanganga as well for Spurs. I think it's a big year for him. And I, I really like this kid. And I can see him being in the England squad soon. <laughs> there you go. He's the right size, isn't he, for a centre-half? Yeah. He looks yeah. like strong and intimidating. He can play the ball. He's, he's skillful. He's fast, but he can play yeah. on the wings as well, mate. He can play on the wings and he can get up front. It's, it, he's, he could be a really big player for us this year, I think. Player of the season. you got to say Fernandez, haven't you? <laughs> it's, <laughs> That's why I have. <laughs> yeah. It's either going to be De Bruyne or Fernandez. I'll go De Bruyne, you can have Fernandez. <laughs> okay. um, I'm very excited to see a full season out of uh, Fernandez. Uh, yeah. I'm sure United fans are too. Like, turned their season around didn't they? entirely last year. And De Bruyne, yeah, like, just standard, kind of solid 8 out of 10 every single game, isn't he? Just doesn't seem to have a bad game. And everything totally. comes through him, really, for City. Totally. Exceptional football player. Yeah. First manager to go. Well, I've got two. Okay. I think it's either going to be Daesh because he's fallen out with the board. That's why they're going to get relegated, in my opinion. And my second one, I think, might be Brendan Rodgers. Oh, really? Okay. They had a terrible second half of the season and he couldn't turn it around. They've lost Chilwell. They haven't really bought anybody. Vardy's another year older now. And this is no, in a way, offence to the Leicester fans, but he didn't have a plan B. Everybody worked out how they played and beat them. <laughs> It was criminal the way they fell out of that top four ball. Yeah, that's a good show. I quite quite like that. And Sean Dyche, yeah, there's an ongoing thing, isn't it, with the board that it just yeah. seems to be getting. And I've seen this with, with Sam Allardyce at Bolton, you know, that, that if, whenever they don't feel like they're getting the backing from the board, they start looking around yeah. and end up at, at Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> My manager is Dean Smith. I think that they spent a bit of money yesterday, last year, didn't they? They just about stayed in the league. I think that they are looking like a, a getting into a relegation scrap again this time mm-hmm. around. The, the ownership is going to look at that and go, yeah, let's see if we can get somebody maybe a little bit higher profile um, in. 
shouldn't be fighting out relegation again. So, uh, yeah, I think Dean Smith, if, if that if they don't get off to a little bit of a flyer there, I think he might be in trouble. Yeah, and I think the whole team, yeah, the team could be in trouble again this season. You're, you're quite right. I mean, they, they'd be in my bottom six for sure, I think. Yeah, I'm amazed that Grealish is still at the club, but obviously people don't want to pay the 80 million that they're being quoted for him, so... Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, that people are kind of a little gun-shy about Grealish. I mean, it took yeah. the England manager, I don't know, five, six years to pick him, and, <laughs> and finally, right. yeah, it's a strange one for me, really, because he seems like a, a leader, you know, not only skillful, but seems like a bit of a leader, so... And then finally, it is the Euros. Uh, it should have been uh, this summer, but it's going to be next summer instead. Who, who do you think we've got in the final? France, obviously, are huge, aren't they? I mean, yeah. you can't look... I mean, you, in your heart, you want England... England should be up there with the players they got. I am worried about the management. I'm not going to sit back. I'm hoping that he's the right man because we should be dominating like France are a little bit with the players I feel we have yeah. for the next sort of 10 years. And I'm worried he's not the man to do it. I have England in the final, I have to say. I do worry a little bit, but not, I don't think I'm as worried as you are about no. you know, managerial decisions. But anyway, cool. All right. Well, no doubt we'll uh, be 100% successful, like we were last year. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, cool. And yeah, we'll keep an eye on those um, as the season progresses. All right, we'll take a quick break there. And when we come back, we'll take a look at the first weekend of Premier League football and other things. Okay, well, let's take a quick look at the games that are coming up. Usually there's a Friday afternoon game, but it doesn't seem like they're doing that this year. Um, there is a game in the Championship, Watford versus Middlesbrough on ESPN+. Plus. Should you need that Friday afternoon fix? No. <laughs> yeah, anything involving Middlesbrough, I'm, I'm always a bit wary of, I've got to say. Then it's an early start on Saturday for our Gooners. They're away at Fulham, newly promoted. I, I, I see an Arsenal win, really. I, I, I don't really see Fulham doing very much, I've got to say, this year. But uh, maybe there's the enthusiasm of being up in the new league, I don't know. I think yeah, this pragmatic Arsenal might do, do something uh, at Fulham. It's seven o'clock. It's a bit of a, a shortened schedule because of the Manchester clubs not being involved in the first round of games. Palace at Southampton and Newcastle are away at West Ham United. Pick the bones out of that. Big game on Saturday is Liverpool at home to Leeds, who are finally back in the big leagues. Big game, actually. I'm really looking forward to this one. Seeing Bielsa in the Premier League dugout next to Klopp is going to be funny. Also on Saturday, as I mentioned before, Bolton are playing uh, their first game in the league, League Two. Uh, the only way is up. We're playing Forest Green Rovers, um, a team that uh, Bellerin has just invested in, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I saw that the other day, yeah. Um, but he yeah. might be on the way out of the club as well. PSG and maybe after him or something, is it? That's right, yeah. Yeah, Forest Green Rovers are an interesting club, really, because they are recognised by FIFA as the most environmentally friendly club. They are 100% vegan. Really interesting kind of like way of approaching things at Forest Green Rovers. Also, it's the first preliminary round of the FA Cup, and our team, Leatherstock Green, are playing Boreham at Pancake Lane, and um, should you be uh, so inclined, BBC Sport websites are showing Stocksbridge Park Steels, which is famous for where Jamie Vardy was first scouted, against wow. Stanley Bridge Celtic. Oh. So, oh, amazing. I don't know why I'm going to show that game particularly, but that's kind of cute. Why not? <laughs> Sunday, more Premier League, six o'clock, West Brom, again, newly promoted, they play Leicester City in a kind of Midlands derby type situation. Yeah, that's a tricky one, that for Leicester, I think, really. I think so as well, because West Brom, even though they're tipped in my, my 
prediction to go down like you. It's a tricky fixture for Leicester first game of the season, but it would be different with fans, wouldn't it? I think so. Maybe that pressure's off. I just don't trust Leicester right now, I've got to say. No, not at all. And then you have Tottenham Hotspur. They play at 8.30 at home to Everton, which I think, well, both teams are kind of vying for the same space, aren't they, I think? Tough game, this. Very tough opening game, Paul. And it's the um, the game off between our two surprise packages this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be ruined after the first game on that prediction, one of us. <laughs> yeah, it should be a really interesting game. I see a draw, though. It's also La Classique. Um, PSG versus Marseille should go ahead. Mbappe tested positive, hasn't he, for COVID? So I don't know whether that's going to be going ahead or not. And he was cuddling loads of people on the day he was tested positive. So yeah. Cholos there at home to Cruz Azul at seven o'clock on Sunday. Then the final games of this first round of Premier League games happen on Monday. Wolves were given a two-day reprieve, and so they're away at Sheffield United. Again, a tough game for them. Away surprise package of last year. Finally, uh, Chelsea. They're away at Brighton. They're the new look and a whole bunch of money thrown at this new Chelsea team. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they line up with all of their sparkling new players. Brighton, I think. I think I like their manager. And I think they're going to surprise a few people this season, Brighton. All right. Interesting. He, plays, he plays the game nicely, that part of Logan. I quite like him. Yeah, there was enough to suggest that they might do something this year in his first year of, of management in the Premier League. And then on Thursday, your Tottenham Hotspur are away at Locomotive Plovdiv of Bulgaria. Yeah. yeah. One, one leg game away. So here we go. So the European dream starts. <laughs> Indeed so. I mean, that's the team that Bolton played in their first ever European game. Um, did you win? We did. And I think Mourinho's going to take this seriously, isn't he? He likes this competition anyway. He's won it a couple of times. And also an interesting tie, I noticed, Shamrock Rovers are at home to AC Milan. <laughs> How sad there's going to be no fans in the ground. Exactly. You'd be so sad. <laughs> I was thinking that as well for the Leeds fans not able to go to Anfield. Really sad. Keep an eye out for that one. That, that's, yeah, that's, that's a great little picture there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back with um, any other business. AOB, breaking news, and it's a shock. Messi is staying in Barcelona. I can't believe it, me personally. Oh my God, I thought he was definitely coming to City. You, you surprised me, sir. <laughs> wow, can't believe it. We've been absolutely duped there, haven't we? I think in a way that Man City have dodged the bullet here isn't a little bit as well, mate. I think so too. I mean, they'll need that in your. I think once the the release fee had to be paid, I think not anybody was interested really, were they? So ridiculous money, absolutely ridiculous. A bit of breaking news as well, and um, apparently Zidane's head blew off last night because Gareth Bale returned to Real Madrid after international duty with a knee injury. Oh, yeah. Suddenly, he's very concerned about Gareth Bale's... Um, oh, I just think it's funny that he's gone back injured. I just think it's hilarious. It's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I heard that they're willing now to pay part of whatever wages uh, other clubs um, would yeah. pay for him to return to the Premier League. And, that's... and United are being heavily linked now to get him. Some really nice... I just wanted to kind of round up on all the, the new kits that have been released. Some some bad, mm-hmm. some indifferent, some some really good. Some horrible ones. So really, I mean, we'll start with the horrible ones, so we end on a positive. I really don't like the marble um, Arsenal chain shirts, I've got to say. That, that doesn't do anything for me. Did you see the Palace Chelsea shirt? Why the Chelsea shirt that's done like the Palace one, you mean? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy, yeah. The, the more I look at that Wolves chain shirt with the sky, it's just oh, horrible. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all that. We've got Man United Zebra crossing 
shirt as well, and Manchester City's Paisley. Oh. I don't know what they're trying to achieve here, to be honest with you. I think every, every club has obviously said, I oh, can do what you want with a third kit, we don't care. Yeah, they've taken them at the word with that. God, some absolute horror bags. In, not bad shirts. The, I'm coming round to the England shirts. I quite like the, the collar, which is a throwback okay. to the start of 86, with the red through the, the blue. That's quite nice. So I'm coming round to it. I wasn't, taken, I wasn't too taken with it when I first saw it. But Palace's away shirt is really, really nice, along yep. with... Everton's like home and away. They've got congratulations to Everton with the the Hummel. Anything with Hummel to me seems very well designed. Um, I love Hummel. Yeah, I mean they used to make the Spurs shirts, and I have a load of the old replica ones here, and um, they're always my favourite to wear. Especially Everton's um, away shirt. It's yellow and blue, and just a throwback against it, and that's kind of an on ball kind of era as well. So. And Southampton's home and away combo as well. They've got like a sash that goes one way for the home shirt and one way for the other. They work very well together. And I saw Croatia's home shirt midweek. Fantastic shirt. Absolutely. I know. Amazing. Yeah. I really, really like that one. James was good enough to submit his scores that he thinks will happen this weekend. I would thanks to him for doing that. Um, we'll start then with Fulham. Versus Arsenal. Zero three. Arsenal. As much as it pains me to say. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with 2 0 to Arsenal, and James, he's gone uh, 3 1 to Arsenal. Sheffield United versus Wolves. James has gone one apiece, as of high, actually. I'm going for a cheeky Wolves 2 1 win. Um, okay. West Brom, home to Leicester. Uh, James has Leicester winning this 2 0. I'm going for a draw in this one, 1 all. I'm going for a 1 0 Leicester win. Ooh, okay. The no fan situation. Uh, uh, Spurs versus Everton. James sees this two apiece. I'm going a squeaker, 1 0 to Spurs. I'm going 3 0 Spurs. Come out the gates. Here we go. All right. And so it starts. So- the, the reasoning behind this as well is that we have our team embedded in. The players we've bought who are going to come into the team are just going to sit in really easily. and like, They're not going to be demanded to do anything other than what they're brought into the team to do. Everton have a lot of new players. It might take them a little time to gel. Oh. So they, right. that's the reasoning behind that one. It's good to know there is some reasoning. So that's good. <laughs> it's a new rod this season. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool at home to Leeds. Uh, James sees this 2-1 to Liverpool. I'm going 3-2 in a bit of a band burner. 2-2. Brighton versus Chelsea. Uh, James sees this as a 3-0 win for Chelsea. I'm going 4-0. I think it might be a bit of a shoo-in. 1-1, like the pre-season game ahead. Ah, okay. And finally, the big one, uh, Bolton versus Forest Green Rovers. James, very optimistic with a 3-1 win for Bolton. I'm less so, but I do think they're going to win 2-1. I'm even more optimistic. I'm giving you a 3-0 win. <laughs> All right. I love it. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Good. Well, it's nice to have that back, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, see how it all pans out next week. Yeah. Good luck to everybody out there with your teams this season. Get in contact. Footy from the foot at gmail.com and at footy from foot, especially for any sort of future uh, questions for the randomizer. I get the odd spark of inspiration for questions that could go that, but uh, if you do have things that we haven't covered yet, I'd uh, receive those very uh, uh, graciously. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and now Overcast, as well as um, as being on SoundCloud, we are footyfromthefoot.com 
be so inclined, tell three friends. Uh, a special thank you goes out to David Sankstein, and uh, I'm thinking about your brother. You're responsible for our theme tune, and uh, yeah, my, my, my thoughts go out to him today. Um, wherever you watch your football, make sure that you show your appreciation to your bartenders. If you are looking to show appreciation online to your servers, then um, you can go to bluefootbar.com. Uh, there's a link there to tip virtually, and you can buy those T-shirts, all proceeds of which go to the bartenders. Thank you, everybody who has. And I think that just about does us. Thank you, dear listener. And let's do this again next Thursday. Bye.